You're listening to Deeply Curious, a podcast about our ever-evolving philosophy of life and faith and the curious pursuit of knowledge and wisdom. In this episode, we are tackling the topic of you become what you hate. My name is Cody Jensen, and joining me, as always, is my partner in life, crime, and spending every dime, Sarah Jensen. Hello. (laughs) I do spend every dime. (laughs) Um, So we're back. Um, This is a uh, first episode since basically the pandemic began. Yes. Um, We're back with Deeply Curious. Um, In this episode, like I said, we're going to talk about uh, you, you become what you hate because as the world events have revealed in the last four months. Everything is crazy. Everything is crazy. Yes. Expletive. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, everything is cuss. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a pandemic going on, an unprecedented event uh, in the entire world of hundreds of thousands of people being infected and dying from a new disease yep. um, that we do not have a vaccine for. Um, hopefully you know about that. Uh, <laughs> and after a brief moment of unity and love it was nice we're all in this together and john krasinski has given us some good news Mm -hmm. and the the world is at home laughing and enjoying solidarity um, the solidarity of all being in this together to a major cultural moment of a police officer killing george floyd and it being filmed and spread across the globe Mm -hmm. to all of us sitting at home watching things And that moment pointed out to many, many, many people that the black and brown community have not been lying. Mm -hmm. Um, And it really illustrated the injustice of the system Mm -hmm. of which our country and our police are operating under. And that evolved into a massive second wave of Black Lives Matter. Right. Which Huge led movie. to our less than unifying president um, <laughs> creating a, nice a culture war amongst races and a culture war um, amongst uh, political beliefs in how we should handle hundreds of thousands of people dying from a virus. And mm-hmm. for some reason, that can be politicized and created into a divisive culture of whether or not we should care to essentially the exact same thing of lots of people unjustly dying and an argument over whether or not we should care. Yeah, it's obviously been a crazy year. First of all, somebody pointed out to me last week that the Australian wildfires were the year 2020. And that blew my mind Mm -hmm. because I completely forgot, which also blows my mind how much is happening that you can forget that a whole country was on fire. Right. So there's that. But within all of this, the last three and a half years is what I mean by this. <laughs> within all of this, it is, is, it's become kind of apparent that, you know, you start fighting fire with fire because well, there's a lot of things that go into it. And so I go for it. I truly cannot make a statement that encompasses all of it. Right. But, you know, you see things happening and it makes you so angry and upset. And it seems as if nothing good is working. Right. So you meet fire with fire. But then 
you just become exactly what you're fighting. And it, I have just noticed it a lot. And it's very prevalent right now, obviously, because mm. of everything going on. And it's just a little disheartening to see. I mean, I'm on the left. You know what I mean? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm potentially more left than you are. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in social issues, I'm very left. <laughs> I was a Bernie supporter, if anybody needs to know. Um, but like, I don't know. It's disheartening to see people who are fighting for good causes, you know, for equality and for Mm -hmm. justice and, you know, compassion toward other human beings, just turn around and totally tear a human being apart. It seems so um, backwards and Mm -hmm. so hypocritical. Mm -hmm. And look, not that I'm saying sometimes it's not deserved. (laughs) I mean, I like a good clap back. I Mm -hmm. (laughs) I, I think that sometimes... People are just evil. And mm-hmm. how do you fight that? Like, it's, I don't know the answer to how to make it better. You know what I mean? And sometimes lashing out does feel like the only option. And I mean that not, I mean that in terms of, uh, you know, a left person attacking a far right person or mm-hmm. whatever, or like the president or, you know, mm-hmm. I, I understand that it can feel like, it feels helpless. Like you just feel helpless a lot. But like if you truly, I don't know if you're standing for equality and justice and like compassion, then you have to catch yourself being uncompassionate being yes. Or you become exactly what you hate. Mm -hmm. You become whether, I mean, you might be fighting different ideals. The far left versus the far right are clearly fighting for different ideals. Mm -hmm. Um, But but ultimately it's the same action and that action of hate dehumanizes of dehumanizing people doesn't fix anything. Right. So I've just been noticing that a lot and I, it's just bothering me, (laughs) I guess. Right. So becoming what you hate, if somebody listened to what you just said and still is asking the question of, but what does that mean? Right. What does that mean? It means so I guess I can give like an actual concrete example. Um, it means cancel culture is wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it it means the idea of you know far right like, politically. If we're take if we're talking politically, because this is all a political issue, mm-hmm. right? Um, the far right people are over here just spewing hate and bigotry and misogyny and racism, right? Not everyone whatever but the far right yeah everyone so the president the president Mm -hmm. is saying awful things about people right right and then the far left over here is fighting for justice and fighting for equality and fighting um for every human being to have equal opportunity right Mm -hmm. that's good basic morals like i believe in those right but call like just totally calling someone terrible names Mm -hmm. because they stand for a bad idea Mm -hmm. and like totally tearing down somebody because they stand for ideas that don't align with yours, I don't feel like is the way to fix it. (laughs) Like if somebody, um, if somebody doesn't agree with gay marriage or something Mm -hmm. or, or, uh, transgender equality. Um, 
the way to get them to change their mind is not to completely cancel them and call them terrible names and just totally destroy them. Mm -hmm. They're not going to change their mind Mm -hmm. because of that. They're not going to be like, oh, these people actually have a point. They're going to be defensive Mm -hmm. because, duh, we are only human. Like if somebody's attacking you, you go into survival mode. And and that's just how it works. It's essentially that I support um, changing the system by any means necessary, but only love can change hearts and minds. Right. Exactly. I think, yes, I think that (laughs) we've become so like narrow minded in our beliefs and in our political beliefs that you cannot there is no space for an idea that's different than yours Mm -hmm. and that's dangerous Mm -hmm. that is a dangerous game to play um and we're playing it for sure right and i also i it's just so hypocritical to me like i i cannot understand how you can say that you care about people and then just like totally tear ruin someone's life Mm -hmm. that's not caring about people right if you if you care about people you have to care about people right online the people that you're tearing down are people Mm -hmm. and we have no idea what we're doing to them psychologically Mm -hmm. by spouting hate Mm -hmm. i mean a really good example of this is um there is a TV host presenter in the UK. Her name is Caroline Flack. And uh, she got into like a thing with her boyfriend. And it was like some sort of abuse, domestic abuse situation. Mm-hmm. I don't know all of the details. But she was like kind of, you know, loved by everyone. And then all of a sudden, everyone is just attacking her and canceling her. And, you know, she was like stuck at home alone. She couldn't be with people until her trial. And so she's sitting there watching these tabloids and Twitter and, you know, average human beings Mm -hmm. tear her apart. And then she killed herself. And then the next day, all of the tabloids are like, rest in peace, Caroline, we love you. Like, no, you didn't. Mm -hmm. Or you wouldn't have posted those freaking articles. You wouldn't have said you wouldn't have killed her. Yeah, you wouldn't be responsible. Her blood is on your hands. Right. You are culpable completely in her death. Yes. And that is exactly what I'm talking about. Like, you don't you don't get to, you know, have you don't get to make actions with no consequences. Right. If you're going to say things even if you say them online and that person, y- you harmed them and you have to be responsible for that harm. Mm-hmm. And so it's just so, it's such a dangerous game to play. Right. And I just, it drives me crazy because right. it's not fixing anything. It's only making things worse. Yeah. Some ways that I would illustrate this, the left is doing the same thing as the right in their hypocrisy of doing what they hate about the other side. Yeah. Um, and, a very obvious like it's so obvious it's comical um on the right is right (laughs) if if you are going to be somebody who is Mm pro-life then you need to be pro-life yeah that includes refugees you if you are just pro-life for the unborn then that means you are pro-innocent life yes and any life beyond that, you do not believe in restorative justice. You believe in retribution. Right. That if you are simultaneously holding your murder weapon mm-hmm. and saying that I reserve the right to have a murder weapon 
but I am pro-life. We should never murder an innocent life. But also I stand for the death penalty because not all life is innocent. And those that have done things that which I feel are bad enough that right. we should murder them, not restore them to being a right. um, full human being. I'm going to reduce them to being less than human. And I have the right to murder them. Exactly. Not only murder them through a legal system, which points to... The fact that maybe these people are not actually evil. They are victims of a of a evil system. Right. And that maybe we shouldn't be um, tearing down an entire uh, population of humans mm. because they are victims of a racist, bigoted system. Right. And instead fight against the system of which created racist bigots. Right. And, well, it's the innocent life versus, like, you know, whatever also, first of all, who gets to decide who's innocent and who's not? Like, right. th- oh, it's that is like the, a whole philosophical on that, thing on, on that its degree. Own. It's the only innocent life is one that has not reached consciousness. Right. Once like you can't. Once a consciousness has begun to make personal choices, mm-hmm. those personal choices infringe on my personal choices somehow, mm-hmm. and now they become an enemy. Unless I raise them up to think exactly like I do. Right. Yes. You can't hear of somebody's death and the first thing you wonder is well what did he do Mm -hmm. that doesn't it doesn't work well what was he wearing at the time exactly dave Chappelle. it's it listen anybody everybody just stop and watch all of dave Chappelle's stand-ups and then we'd be fine (laughs) well i think it takes a certain uh dave Chappelle is it uses certain language that certain people are never going to be able to get past and hear the loving heart message of Dave Chappelle. But that's my point. My point is that we need to stop and think. Mm-hmm. Don't just like react. Right. Stop and think. Yes, exactly. Do not ask, well, what was he doing or whatever. Just stop and think that that is a human being mm-hmm. who was murdered. That right there, what you just said, is an illustrative point of becoming what you hate. People on the left hate the reactionary mentality of the right yes and then have a reactionary mentality to when they see them reactionary like when they when they have a reactionary mentality towards something the left sees them react Mm -hmm. then has a reactionary mentality of canceling them yes instead of thinking for three seconds right it's like just if you're just constantly reacting and never thinking, mm-hmm. then that is becoming what you hate because you hate that they're not thinking about what they do before they do it while you're not thinking about what you do before you do it. Right. And then it's just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth until we are on a major battle, a civil war of thought in America. Yes. Seemingly right. on one side or the other. There are tons and tons and tons of people who are not, but online culture, social media is not real life, but at the same time, perception is reality and it becomes that it feels yes. like you were either for or against, against or for, right. no matter what, there is no middle ground. And, if, and you, if you do not stand up for what you believe is worth standing up for, then ultimately you are an enemy of me. Right. And if you look at every single person who does not think like you as an enemy, then that is the one that is the root of the problem. Life yes. is not a zero sum game. Life is not a thing where the only way for you to win is for others to lose. Right. This is a rising tide raises all boats situation where if you stop trying to label the other side as evil and you stop trying to point out the hypocrisies of others before you point out the hypocrisies in yourself, then it's just a bunch of hypocrites yelling at each other mm-hmm. instead of sitting in silence and reading and thinking and coming to a conclusion that people are people, all people are imperfect, 
you are an imperfect person, like you said earlier. Mm-hmm. Average people. Yeah. Average people are calling out other average people for being average. Yes. Instead of, you're basically saying, I'm an average person, but I expect you to be a perfect person. Right. And anytime you're not a perfect person, I'm going to call you out because I expect you to be a perfect person. Right. While I can maintain being an average person. Right. And an imperfect person. And I I saw this video this week about... Um, you know, protecting free speech, which I think is a valid conversation that's a little bit related to this, but oh, it's totally but um, we don't have to get into it if we don't want to. Um, but anyway, the point is, she said, what we need to do is learn to distinguish or relearn to distinguish between hate and bigotry and racism and uncomfortable ideas. Mm-hmm. We need to be able to sit and decipher in our heart, why don't I like this? Do I dislike it because it's wrong? Mm -hmm. Or do I dislike it because it's just different than me? Right. Because different than you is not bad. Right. I mean, there are 8 billion people on the planet. Different than you is inevitable. It has to be. And if we're not allowing ourselves to sit and contemplate with different ideas, whether we end up agreeing with them or not, mm-hmm. we don't move forward. No. We regress. We do not progress. I mean, if you just look at all of the ideals that we hold right now, all of the ideals, particularly on the left, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, the equality and the justice or whatever, the people who spoke out on those things back in the day would have been canceled today. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there's no room for outrageous or, you know, just like way out there kind of ideas that are so opposite of the norm. There's right. no room for that anymore, so it seems. Right. And so people who spoke out, who changed the world, who changed culture would be canceled today. Mm-hmm. And that is a huge risk that we are taking because regardless of whether they are right, we need to let ideas form Mm -hmm. because if ideas don't form then we don't change and we have to change Mm -hmm. it just is so crazy to me that we can't accept that like something might be different than us and not wrong Mm -hmm. but that's where we have to get and also it might be wrong too but it needs the chance to be wrong in order to be right and they have the right to be wrong. Yeah. In the same way you have a right to be wrong, in the mm-hmm. same way I have the right to be wrong. Mm-hmm. Zadie Smith says that I reserve the right to be wrong. Right. And that is something that I think we all need to take into account is that if you believe that you should be allowed to make mistakes, yes, to speak recklessly, and to say some things that either are wrong now or maybe wrong in the future Mm -hmm. and without the um, consequence of being destroyed as a human being right for having a thought that was you know less than thought through right or fully thought through but through the um, passage of time becomes a thought that is seen as outdated right it's not going to be who you are anymore because you were allowed to think through it exactly (laughs) it's it's um I don't know. It's it's interesting that we don't know how to sit with that anymore. And it's like you can't be curious. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's how ideas are formed. That's how wrong ideas are formed is somebody going, huh, I wonder if this works mm-hmm. and seeing if it works. And then I wonder if it- I'm better than Jews. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that's not quite what I meant, but it's just a curious mind trying to sift through everything that this world holds. Mm-hmm. And like, inevitably, it will come to an incorrect conclusion right. on something, right. but that doesn't make them a bad person. I mean, in that joke example of talking about Hitler, um, obviously that's in like an extreme case right? of like what you could say, like why thoughts are dangerous. Right. But I would use that as an argument of why free the restriction of free speech is dangerous because right. how many of the people who followed Hitler mm-hmm. would not have followed Hitler if they felt as though they could speak out without dying against the nationalistic agenda. Right. Against blindly following a political party mm-hmm. and actually say this is not right, this is not love and I refuse to follow, I refuse to participate. Right. But they were victims of a system of which did not allow them to speak out. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there were tons of people who fundamentally believed for sure in the message. You but know, again, it's Hitler like, had his base. It's like the the video I watched where she said, "We have to learn how to decipher between hate and bigotry and an uncomfortable idea." Mm-hmm. That's it. Right. But instead, we're just lumping it all together, and it's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, a small example, but or I guess maybe a petty example, but. You know, it's culturally acceptable to drink like 12 cups of coffee a day, even though it's a drug, Mm -hmm. right? But like somebody overdoses and all of a sudden we're judging them Mm -hmm. for not being able to control themselves. Mm -hmm. Like, who are you to have the right to tell them what is right or wrong or what, you know what I mean? Who They're just as broken as you are. You just have a different drug of choice. Right. Like it's not, you know, it's it's just so. Yeah. I mean, it's like if if you are medically obese right you have a self-control issue right if you have a closet jam-packed full of clothes you don't need Mm -hmm. you have a self-control issue Mm -hmm. like i have self-control issues you i mean everybody has self-control issues but some people's are culturally acceptable right and it's okay to fall into a materialistic um conspicuous consumption society where you buy things to make you feel better where you buy things to show others right. that you have money or that you have style or you know et cetera et cetera without, it doesn't make you healthy it doesn't make you healthy it also doesn't make what you do right right because what you are doing is actually causing suffering in the world by not paying attention to the effects the effects of your life choices you said well this doesn't i'm me buying all of these things does not affect anything except for myself in my pocketbook but who made it right who is suffering because it costs that much like mm-hmm. why were you able to afford it why were you able to fill your entire closet with cheaply made clothes because there is somebody in the world who is suffering at the hand of your consumption habits. Right. So you are causing suffering in the world that is acceptable in America. It's fully acceptable in America for you mm-hmm. to cause suffering in that way. In the same way that it's fully acceptable for Jeff Bezos right. to rise to the top of the financial world. The society at large does not call him evil, even though I call him evil. Right. Because his actions cause way more suffering in the world than Most almost people's. anybody I could think of. Yeah. Because if you look at the evil that starts, you know, with his own employees and then breaks down, you know, all the way down the chain right. to who is create who is 
making these cheaply made products, et cetera, et cetera, how much global suffering is at the hand of a man who believes that the ultimate purpose in life is to make money. Right. His God is money. Whenever you serve the God of money, you create suffering because of it. And that is our broken world. Humans are the cause of all suffering in the world, right. including you, including me. I cause right. suffering because I do not think about all of my actions and how they affect all other people. Right. So it is hypocritical for any of us to look at others mm -hmm. and say, you're not perfect. You have to be perfect. If you are not perfect, I will cancel you because I only want to... I only want right. to look at things that I deem perfect. And what I deem perfect is things that are culturally acceptable within my echo chamber. Right. I even felt this a little bit just if, you know, whenever uh, the European Union mm -hmm. um, banned Americans from traveling there mm -hmm. <laughs> recently because of COVID, I felt like a little bit attacked <laughs> <laughs> because it's true that we as Americans have always had extra privilege mm -hmm. in particularly travel because we spend so much money mm -hmm. and and to have somebody just like kind of slap us in the face mm -hmm. <laughs> particularly europe which is like the only place i ever want to go i was like a little bit offended and then i had to be like no but actually we do deserve this mm -hmm. like it really sucks and it hurts my feelings but i do deserve this you know mm -hmm. it's it's kind of it's you have to be able to sit back and look at yourself and understand that you are both good and bad. And I, I kind of always say like, um, we should always stop and ask ourselves why we're doing what we're doing. Like why, not what are you doing or, you know, whatever, but like deeper than that, just what is your actual motivation for attacking somebody online? What mm -hmm. is your actual motivation mm -hmm. for not speaking to a family member because they disagree with your political mm -hmm. views? Sometimes it's justified. Absolutely. Sometimes you have to remove yourself from a toxic situation. Absolutely. But what is your actual reason? Be honest with yourself. Because a lot of times the, the honest truth is that we're selfish and we don't want to do the work, you know, that uh, we believe we're better than other people. Like the honest truth sometimes is, is that is on us, mm -hmm. not on the other person. It's it's our problem. And you got to be able to admit that to yourself because otherwise you will always be in the right and they will always be in the wrong and none of this will ever be fixed. I mean, it's that simple. Yeah, so, we are all part of the problem. Yeah. And we are all part of the solution. Yes. Because the legitimate only way for the world, let's say in America, the the left has a very um, specific language to talk about that they are fighting for love and justice and the individual rights to be who you are. Right. Which 100% agree. And 100% agree that that is a noble and Cause. worthwhile um, and holy goal that yes. I believe that us as Christians should be fighting for. Yes. The left or the right is going to have similar, the things that they are saying, they are in their hearts, they believe that they are also fighting right. for some of the same things. If you, if you brought it down to like, what is your goal? Right. They may say the same words. Yes. And they ha both have actions of which they are trying to achieve their goal. We are disagreeing on the actions and not necessarily the goal. 
Right. That does not take into account fringe. Um, Correct. There are fringe people on the right, fringe people on the left. Um, there are fringe people that associate with no political party that are extremists within ideas. And I don't, I'm not even saying that extremists within ideas are wrong. I'm just saying that their goals may ultimately be Harmful. debatable. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, it's you're like, like, what's your goal? And then they say it and you're like, I mean, I'm pretty sure that white people aren't the superior race. <laughs> right. Um, so maybe your goal should change. Yeah. Um, I think actually you might just be wrong. So in the, you know, in that regard, uh, you know, the, it is absolutely worthwhile to stand up against true hate. Again, learn to decipher true hate versus an uncomfortable idea. But then in the middle, there are tons and tons and tons and tons of people who want life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and that is their goal. Right. They just have certain actions that's, that do not match that goal mm -hmm. um, or are different actions than what you would perceive as being Good. achieving that goal. Yeah. yeah. It's an argument over how we get there. Correct. We all agree as Americans that we want to pursue life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, and everybody to have an individualistic freedom to be who they are. That is an American ideal. Right. We have never reached the ideal. It is an ideal because it's it's not it's there. never It's never happened. Yeah. It's never happened for all people. It's only happened for certain people. And it has become now where the certain people that that has been true for do not want to give up any sense of that so that the the tide can rise all boats. Right. It's that I do not want any duty to maintain my freedom. Mm -hmm. I want my freedom to be free and I don't want regardless to, of what that means regardless for of others. what that means and regardless of what that means for other people. I want my freedom to be free. But it, in reality, freedom comes with duty. Yes. And if you are not willing to pick up your duty to maintain the freedom and work towards the ultimate freedom when duty means sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Duty means that you're going to control yourself so that yourself does not take over what matters because ultimately the, the self that you operate out of has evil desires mm -hmm. because that's human nature. We want what is ours. We want to do what is best for us. And if you feel as though your initial reaction is the true reaction and that that is the thing you should follow, then you're going to follow that to an individual individualistic ideal that your personal freedoms and desires are ultimately the only thing that matters. Right. They're more important than this person's. And that's like a Jeff Bezos. Right. Who he follows his own personal agenda to what end? Right. To the suffering of thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Right. Versus somebody who appears to me to embody at least in part the opposite of that. Yeah. Is Bill Gates. Yes. In the fact that he was the richest man in the world, realized that money does not mean anything mm -hmm. if you do not do something do something with it. with it and also that the way i make my money is as important as the what i do with my money right so reduce the amount of suffering that is caused by the money i am making right two if i have this much money i have a duty and a responsibility to the world to bring about the ideals right of an ideal world which is to eliminate suffering and the only and so he's he's on a mission to do that Mm -hmm. In the ultimate reality, mm -hmm. the only way to eliminate suffering is to eliminate humans. 
Right. Because humans are the cause of all suffering in the world. Right. So if all humans disappeared, essentially suffering would end. Correct. That can't happen. So that gets me to my point (laughs) that we are both good and evil. Right. The only way to affect change in the world on a legitimate, long-lasting basis is, and again, this points to how you can be both good and evil, Mm -hmm. is to take a look at yourself and make a change. Mm -hmm. Michael Jackson said that. Right. Michael Jackson is both good and evil. Right. Not only just because he's human, which makes him good and evil, but he has evil accusations or he has accusations of him being evil. Right. But that doesn't mean that he didn't also do beautiful and great things. Right. And say things that are ultimately point to the truth of everything that the only way to affect change is to take a look in the mirror and make the change. Right. Is to change yourself before you ask anybody else to change, Mm -hmm. which obviously goes into not obviously, but. It makes me think (laughs) about the Christian Jesus parable of before you point out a splinter Mm -hmm. in somebody else's eye, take a look in the mirror and make sure you don't have a plank in your own. Right. That is what I think is missing from from all of these arguments. Yeah. It's also obviously an unwillingness to understand. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, we're all, um, regardless of if it's like because of social media or social media is just a good vehicle for this. Mm -hmm. We're all just like yelling into the void wanting to be understood Mm -hmm. because who doesn't feel misunderstood and that's like the only thing human hearts long for Mm -hmm. is to be understood, right? So we're all just like shouting, hoping somebody understands us and not shutting our mouth and trying to understand someone else. So First of all, you have everyone shouting to be understood and nobody understanding. Mm-hmm. It It's not going to work, you know? <laughs> like right. it's, You have to like pause and think. Think about the fact that this is a human being who has a complex life experience that definitely informed who they are now and it definitely informed their opinions. And of course, some people are going to go through psychological trauma and hurt and come out broken and worse and some are going to be are going to come out resilient and that's wonderful like it's inspirational to see resilience but you also have to understand that that like empathy is needed Mm -hmm. even if you disagree with them vehemently on Mm -hmm. their actions and you know but like like i can I can look at experiences of people that or I can look at people who I do not agree with one bit but I don't I truly feel like I have gotten to a point where I don't really judge because I can under I understand that they had a terrible childhood or you know what I mean? Like it's just you have to consider people in the full scope of people like right. they are not just a brain or a body or a heart or a soul. They are all things combined and people punch those things and it hurts and sometimes it bleeds forever. Sometimes the wound is never healed and you have to understand that it doesn't make what they're doing right and it doesn't excuse their actions, but it makes them human Mm -hmm. and like we can all relate to being human. Mm -hmm. So I just think like if you just pause and think and just try to understand a human being for a human being, understand that they have a complex life and internal narrative just like you do. And then you can move forward with a little bit more empathy, Mm -hmm. you know? It's, I don't know. Right. We are imperfect people saying imperfect things 
on a journey trying to create a perfect world. Yeah. And because nobody as of yet has lived a perfect life, right? there is not a single person who is safe from being canceled if we follow a, a cultural trend of believing that people are their worst mistakes. Right. Or that we follow mm-hmm. the cultural trend of believing that a different thought than you is a mistake. Or that we follow a cultural trend of you are a God amongst men. Right. I mean, you cannot, just like you should not and cannot dehumanize a person, you know, take them down mm-hmm. below you. You should not elevate them above you. Mm-hmm. Every human being is on the same plane. Right. Because we're human beings. You should not look to another human being as elevated. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I Like, because, you know, I mean, it goes into the celebrity culture stuff that we deal with. Like, why are we looking to celebrities to be our moral guides? Why right. are we looking to them to have every perfect opinion? And if they don't have every perfect opinion, according to me, then I can't support them. Right. It doesn't make sense. No human being can be everything for everyone. Mm-hmm. We know that. Logically, right. we know that, but for some reason we're expecting these like ethereal celebrity personas to right. be God for it's us. It's like you are you are um, looking to somebody who won an Oscar, not a Nobel Peace Prize, right? For uh, how to move forward in the world, and you're like upset with them when they don't say something that you feel like is appropriate for them right. to say. Well, first of all, they owe you nothing. Second of all. Nobody, I mean, we're not, clearly we're all kind of grappling with this year. We're all sort of like, well, I don't really know how to move forward. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take my best guess though. Mm -hmm. Celebrities are doing the exact same thing. You cannot shame them for something that you yourself are doing. Exactly. It just doesn't make any sense because they are not gods. They are human beings. So just like we cannot dehumanize, we cannot, Mm -hmm. whatever that other word is. (laughs) And It's logical, I mean, I would assume that there's not a single person in the world who would have, uh, I'm just going to throw out just a random example. Um, They have a cyst on their arm Mm -hmm. and they run to uh, their musician friend to ask what is wrong with their arm. Right. Or they run to uh, a senator that they know Mm -hmm. and ask them what's wrong with their arm. They run to the expert who has studied cysts on arms right. to ask what it is about. Right. In the same way, we obviously realize that somebody who is on TV doesn't doesn't mean that they're smart. We have a president who very clearly dumb. Um, illustrates that. Right. That just because you are on TV doesn't make you smart. And also just because you're rich doesn't make you smart. Mm-hmm. And just because you are rich and a celebrity and smart doesn't mean that you that, that person holds the moral like uh high ground in all areas right like they're just a imperfect human who is looking to move forward in the world and is trying to affect change in the best way they can and somebody may say well i have a platform i feel a responsibility you know with 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 great power comes great responsibility and they feel that and so they're like why well, I, I should say something right they say something and because they are one human saying their thought that means there's always going to be other humans that disagree with that thought, right? especially when the net is as wide as a celebrity who has millions of eyeballs. right? It's like if you live with somebody, it's very easy to understand that there's not a single human being in right. this world 
who you agree with and does absolutely everything exactly how you would do it. Right. If it was, then that person would, you would never, ever, ever be annoyed or have a fight or have an argument or have a right. passionate discussion of how you disagree. Um, <laughs> and you choose to live with that person. Right. You choose to love that person. Now you're take, you're saying, I'm going to spread that net to, let's this- just, 100,000 people who don't love me. These actual strangers. Actual strangers. And then there's going all inevitably always going to be a percentage of those people who misunderstand mm-hmm. or completely disagree mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that that person is wrong and then you attack them and then they disappear and then everyone's like oh well, where'd he go I'm like you guys were mean mm-hmm. no human being can withstand this is what i we just do not take into account the psychological effects of our actions yeah no human being can withstand that and it's unfair to ask somebody to do it. Mm-hmm. It's it's so unfair. <laughs> it, it's just it's it blows my mind. Yeah. I'm like, first of all, they're not going to agree with you on every single thing. And if they do agree with you on every single thing, their actions are going to be different than yours. Right. Which there's two things that I would like to uh, end on. One, if you are more worried about saying the right thing yeah. than doing yeah. the right thing then you need to check your motives because your motives in saying the right thing lead you to becoming what you hate because you are more worried or more concerned with appearing as though you hold the moral the moral truth and that you fight against the injustice you fight against hate you fight against all these people who have bullshit ideas while never truly taking action in yourself to one, change yourself to become a loving, compassionate, and gentle person who has Mm self-control. And instead, you become the political opposite of who you hate, which essentially is you are doing as much evil as that person in to them. Mm -hmm. You're being evil to them. Mm -hmm. You are being a hateful person to that person because you deem them evil, even though they are not evil. They're looking to live a life of of happiness and joy and peace in the same way. So if you aren't doing the work to work on yourself, you are becoming who you hate. And it is telling whenever you care more about the appearance of looking right than actually being right. Correct. Two, there is a very major danger in groupthink. Yes. And that is what that leads to, that if you are more worried about looking like you believe the right things than actually believing the right things, which is to look inside yourself and to listen in your heart of what the right move is, if you are not doing that, then you are allowing someone else to tell you what is right. Right. And if you blindly follow what somebody else tells you what is right, then you are no better than a Nazi. Very strong language. Do not be offended by it. That's just an example that... (laughs) Point is, don't blindly follow anything. You are blindly following. If you are not, if you are just trying to to say, well, my group is right generally. They are fighting for love and justice and noble and, and, and holy things, which is true. If you blindly follow everything that that group does without ever checking yourself and you are just repeating actions, you are falling into groupthink in the same way that the, the, the other side is falling into groupthink. Right. That if, if you fall into, you know, believing in pro-life or gun control or this, then you follow under the un- umbrella of the right. And now you have to stand up and say, Trump is a good person and we should vote him back in because he stands for these things when ultimately 
He's he a terrible person. Is I believe a terrible person, but it doesn't even that doesn't even matter. He he right. has the right to be a terrible person. What he doesn't is have the right to be a terrible president. Right. Um, we he we have elected him to represent the American people, and he is representing a very very small segment of right. American people. Um, and he's using the system, right? That we have that is obviously broken. To he's pointing out how broken the system is, mm-hmm. which may be the greatest thing that he's ever done. Um, <laughs> But the point of groupthink, I'm going to I'm going to end with a story. I heard this on a podcast years ago. I can't cite the source um, because I, I don't remember, but I remember the story, um, which is the power of story. In a, in, in a conference scenario, let's say there's a um, a room of 10,000 people and somebody gets on stage and it's a facilitator. And they say in this activity, I'm going to write down a color on a piece of paper. I'm going to put it in an envelope. I'm going to seal it. I'm going to set it right here. OK, now I want each and every single one of you in this room to get in groups of three. Within your group of three, I want you to tell each other what your favorite color is. Each person names their favorite color. Um, after you've all named your color, decide as a group of three what you want the group's favorite color to be. And so they do that. After you've decided what the group's favorite color should be, I want you to merge with another group and become a group of six. A representative of each of your groups discusses and decides what your group of six favorite color is. Now merge and become a group of 12 and repeat the process. Now you're at 24 and on and on and on and on to where it becomes two different groups. A representative from each of those groups gets together, says, well, our 5,000 people Mm -hmm. agree that this is our favorite color. This group says our 5,000 people agree that this is our favorite color. Now what is the room's favorite color? They come up and they, that their representative says, our favorite color is blue. Mm -hmm. The facilitator pulls out their envelope where they have written blue on a piece of paper and shows it to them and then tells them that in every room that this has ever been done, it's always been blue. Right. Because blue is the least offensive color. So even though the the original group of three, somebody said blue, somebody said red, and somebody said yellow, everybody agreed that they liked blue. But one person didn't like red and one person didn't like orange, so they decided to go with blue as their favorite color. That happens in every single group because blue is the least offensive color of all the colors. Right. And so as a whole, our favorite color is blue, even though half the room wanted yellow. Potentially, <laughs> in the in that original group, um, only 33% of the group's favorite color was blue. Right. So there are 6,000 people who now have to say, I mean, my favorite color is blue it's actually red but my favorite color is blue right there are lots of people who are under the umbrella of the right or the left who their favorite color is not blue but they're following the group because they feel as though that's what they have to do or what they're supposed to do or what they are called to do or whatever um nationalistic agenda Mm -hmm. that they are falling into their tribe is as important as the whole to them so they're willing to sacrifice what they believe is them them, who they are that ultimately they think that red is the best color because of xyz you know Mm -hmm. but but they're going to go with blue i hope i said that in a way that made sense because like i said i heard that years ago but that that to me illustrates the danger in not looking at yourself right and sitting in quiet contemplation and listening for what you feel your heart is saying instead of reading what your tribe is saying right then you will always follow what the tribe is saying even though you don't actually know if it is right or wrong or if there is a right or wrong right it's just a way right it may be a way to 
finding right. an ideal. And the other person may have a way to finding an ideal. I mean, there is the difference between Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Stokely Carmichael, you know, uh, right. you know, the Black Panthers. They all had the exact same goal. Right. They had different and, methods to achieve that goal. Right. And they they attacked each other in like, I don't think that they're, you know, that this right. is the way to move forward. But the way we want to move forward is the way we want to move forward. Right. I also think like we have to, under, in that example, you have to like come to terms with the fact that there could be more than one way to move forward. Right. Like just because it's different than what you would do doesn't mean it's wrong. Right. Again, we cannot elevate ourselves of, uh, over other human. Like we can't mm -hmm. say, well, I know best. So you need to just listen to me because you don't know best. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows best. We're all just guessing. Mm -hmm. so just like open your mind a little bit. Right. And then truly consider why you're doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. What are your actions and why are you making them? Mm -hmm. And just don't become what you hate. Right. Because <laughs> all people are wanting to move forward in a world with less suffering. And ultimately, we all want to move into a world with no suffering. Right. But because we have never lived in a time period ever right. where we do not have suffering, that means we do not actually know at all how to do it. How to do it. And I personally, as a Christian, have through my life experience and my family of origin and my, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I have lots of uh, book and experiential knowledge that have led me to believe that specifically the way and words of Jesus are the way to move forward. But there's absolutely no way for me to know if that's right. Right. There, I mean, that is faith. It's that, just an idea. That is, I believe it is the way forward, but I do not know it's the way forward. So because I can't have certainty in it, that means that I can't hate someone for so not believing it, for thinking differently. Because unless I believe with absolute certainty that I am right, then I can't harm others because of it. Right. Which, is, which is why. Yeah. Certainty itself mm -hmm. is the root of all evil, I think. Yeah. Doubt is, what's the quote? It's like doubt is not the something certainty is because certainty starts wars. Right. And when you think about it, that I wish I remembered the whole quote, but mm -hmm. certainty is what starts wars. Right. So, you know, it is why the the right attack and it is why the left are attacking certainty. Because they are certain they are right. And I just feel like you should maybe admit that you're only human. The Christian cr crusades, they were certain they were right. Right. They they murdered people. Right. Murdered. They're, they they're, were clearly not right. They're supposed <laughs> to be Christ-following Christians that are spreading the the good news of the gospel, which is love and and no suffering. Right. And they're killing and, people. And killing people. That's because they became what they hate. They right. be, they they knew. They thought they were so right so certain in how right they were that they became exactly what they were fighting. Which is what the right and the left and, are doing. And are have been doing. Right. And now it is happening on the left too. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to fix anything. Right. So, I mean, that's it. That's really right. everything I've been thinking. I do want to say, if anything offended you, I apologize. Um, but I still believe it. So, <laughs> but I'm not trying to offend anybody. Right. Like it, it's hard because you can't have, you can't sit down with every single person and have this conversation. Right. It's much easier one-on-one. -on -one. I wish it didn't have to be like right. a podcast form, but 
the goal is never my our goal it has is never to offend anyone right like the purpose of the speech is to not offend just to present an idea but and my opinion because we are speaking opinion right it will inherently offend someone because our opinion will be different than yours. Right. But, but just, just because you are offended doesn't mean that you are right. Right. It just means you are offended. Right. And I, and I mean, just because I'm you're offended doesn't mean that I'm right either. Right. That's what I'm, that's what I was about to say. I'm committed to understanding you, you know, so please be committed to understanding <laughs> where right. I'm coming from. That's all. Right. It's not, I don't, you don't have to agree. Right. And everybody, but like, that doesn't make a, us, this is a different conversation, but I do love this kind of thought. Just because you have absolutely every right to be offended. For but sure. what responsibility do I have in in participating in your offense? Right. If you're offended, that's, I mean, you, you are have every right to be offended. Right. But that doesn't mean that you have a right to ask me right. to not offend you. Right. You clicked on this podcast. Right. So just don't right. listen that again. That gets into the conversation, particularly a good example of stand-up comedy and mm -hmm. like what is acceptable. And, right. But again, that's in a totally different conversation. It is a totally different conversation, but it, it goes to the fact that you made a choice to listen to this. Mm -hmm. You made a choice to click on something on Netflix. You made a choice to open the book. You made a choice to consume something. If something that you made a choice to consume offends you, then that isn't on the person that offended you. Right. You made the choice to do that. I think what that means is that not every person is ready to hear everything. Right. But we, our culture is so information heavy now and everything is just available at the tip of our fingers that right. we don't really consider. Am I ready to know or have this discussion? Like, you know, uh, that takes a lot of self-awareness too, though, mm -hmm. like to know that. I mean, like we were talking about this recently about uh, poetry because I, I read a lot of poetry, especially recently, and I don't understand every bit of it, but I like intellectually understand that I don't intellectually understand it. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't mean I don't like the poem or that I just dismiss it. Mm -hmm. I, I know that I, I'm missing it on some sort of level. Right. So or to, that you're offended by it because it says cock 30 times. Sometimes the stuff I read does have some strong language, but I keep reading it because I know it's um, particularly Allen Ginsberg. If we want to, you know, right. he that uses, was my reference. yeah, he uses a lot of, you know, bodily, terms <laughs> and functions but in the same way that but we were talking about earlier with dave Chappelle, yeah they the they may be using a language that offends you right to speak to something that is beautiful right and it is beautiful because be it able... is the truth of their experience or they are pointing out the 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 beauty of grief and gratitude living in the same person for sure and you have to be able to decipher that you have to be able to sift through you know, the surface level of things right? Um, and find the, the truth of it. Yes. And the truth is that, you know, sometimes people say the word cock and it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so as we wrap up, I want to give you a little piece of homework. Um, Bob Dylan came out with a new album. The opening track to that album is called I Contain Multitudes. And I Contain Multitudes really illustrates and uh, gives you a, a poem, a song, an artful experience to... Uh, consume that is the last five minutes of this conversation 
Yeah. Um, the title of the song com- comes from a Walt Whitman quote, which also that could be some homework for you is to read some Walt Whitman or just poetry in general, but whatever. Um, but the quote is, do I contradict myself? Very well, then I contradict myself. I am large. I contain multitudes. Yes. That's every single human being. Just try and remember it. Yeah. We all contain multitudes. We all contain contradictions. We all believe things that ultimately mean that this other thing we believe is Might be wrong. Wrong or right or they're both wrong or, maybe or they're both right. There is a chance that we can hold two opposing truths and they can both be true. Yes. It is a a perplexing situation to be alive. Yes. Thank you guys for listening to Deeply Curious. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you are interested in us as people, as Cody and Sarah, and not as our brains, I suppose, um, <laughs> the way we, if you're interested in our, in our personal life, um, right after this, we're going to publish a bonus episode that is just us talking about our personal experience of moving to uh, New York and Portland and why we're back in Tulsa. If you guys are um, originally vlog followers and interested yeah. in us as people. We did that um, just for you guys. Quick update. Hey, quick update. If you have no interest in that, I'm right there along with you and we'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>